What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of We Run This. I am Chris Lamanati. With me always as Nick, is Nick, as Nick Domingo. Is Nick Domingo. It's one of those days, man. What's up, dude? Uh, not much. I'm impersonating myself. I'm going as Nick yeah. Domingo. That's Today, all. playing the role of Nick Domingo will be Nick Domingo. Yeah, starring as himself. Please, so. yeah, please consult your uh, playbill as the... Yeah. Does any, did anyone ever get upset about that? Like, I, I don't go to a lot of plays. But I've had that happen a couple times where they're like, this person will be the role. Like, has anyone ever gone, well, screw it. I'm leaving now. Like, it's yeah. not. Yeah, I, I hope not. I mean, shoot. <laughs> I just paid $200 a ticket, and this person's not showing up. I just wondered if. Yeah. This is, you know, it's like that Seinfeld episode where uh, Bette Midler, I think, is, is having a stand-in and people won't go to the show, right? They, they throw their arms up. They're like, Bette Midler's not in it. I'm not, I'm not going to see it. That's a little different. What if, what if we could, what could we get a running stand-ins? Like today, running for Nick Domingo. <laughs> there, are, there are certain days where I wish I had a running stand-in. I'm sure you can, you can uh, agree. It is, there are some days where I'm like, I, I can't even walk down the street to get a cup of coffee. So, uh, yeah, I love that idea, actually. Yeah, today was one of those days. I think I overdid it at the gym. I, I'll, I can explain why I overdid it at the gym. But uh, I think I overdid it at the gym. My lower back is kind of killing me. Mm. And so I avoided weights today and went for a run. And as I was running, like, it felt okay in the beginning, but then, like, after the first mile or two, it slowly started tightening up, especially uphills weren't as bad as downhills. Like, downhills trying to stop my momentum and, like, the slapping of my entire body, you know. I hate downhill running, man. I hate that. You're, you know, there's so much going on. You're afraid to kind of just get top-heavy and fall over. Mm. It's uh, it's bad, obviously, here in Seattle because you've got so many hills. A lot of times I'll be going down and you're just – I feel like you're just killing your knees by doing it. So, yeah, I, uh, I hope that that gets taken care of, though, man. you got to watch those, those – those mid-run injuries are the worst because now you're like, what do I do? I stop and turn around? Do I just walk the rest of the way? It's, yeah. It sucks. Especially, yeah, when you're so far away and you're like, oh, God, this is going to take forever. Yeah, so, you know, you have to kind of find in yourself to push and, yeah. and keep going, right? Yeah, if it's upper body, you can deal with it. If it's lower body, you're like, this is going to be the worst However, yeah. hour of my life as I walk home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the worst. But the reason I've been uh, doing it so hard at the gym is because I just got an email yesterday that my gym is closing for good. Like, not temporarily because of COVID, like, donezo. After 24 years of business, the gym is closing. So in my mind, I'm going, oh, I'm going to lose everything that I've gained in the past two months. And then with all lockdown coming again, I'm going to like revert back to being a lazy slug. So in my mind, I'm going, I should probably lift as heavy as possible now to make up for the fact that the gym is closing. Like that's a logical thing to do. Yeah kill myself now so I don't know if I think I'm going to stay in good shape for months or I don't know what's gonna happen like I'm freaking out so I'm freaking out to the point where so they sent this long email explaining that they're gonna close and things like that and then at the bottom of the email was like if anyone's interested in buying any equipment or any of the stuff and I'm like looking around my apartment like where can I fit a bench press and a squat rack exactly <laughs> I absolutely cannot. And I also can't afford to buy those things. But like in my mind, I'm like, where can I get the most, where can I put this gym equipment and how much can I spend on it? Yeah. 
Yeah. It's kind of like, I like your mentality though, of, of trying to get in as much weight as possible. It's like, you know, I, I would always run 10 miles on a Saturday, mm. like where I was 25 to be like, well, I'm going to go out tonight. So I'm just going to burn the calories that I'm going to put in anyway. So that makes sense. It's kind of like what you're doing. We, we do that with everything and it's proven not to work. Like people do that with sleep. Like yeah. They're like, oh, I'll get three hours of sleep every night, but Saturday I'll sleep like nine or 10 hours and that'll make up for it. Like it does, it does it's nothing. Never, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. You don't catch up on sleep. You don't catch up on lifting. You don't catch up on running. It's like, it's all, it's all in our head, but it makes you feel better. It mentally exactly. makes you feel better. Exactly. So while I'm dealing with that, while I'm in a pissy mood about that, like today we, uh, we have a guest on and he uh, immediately made me feel better because of what he did, except the one point in the interview when uh, I, I could feel myself physically tearing up. Uh, we talked yeah. to you. <laughs> Were you tearing up? Was it just me? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I was like, let, let me hold it together. Obviously, we talked to him already and we're recording this part prior, but uh, we talked to Colt Codner. Uh, he's a dad from Ohio and um, his son uh, is battling cancer uh, at the Akron Children's Hospital and they were not going to be able to host a, uh, a run this year. And the run is where they raise most of the money for the hospital. So uh, Colt took it upon himself to run his own marathon around the hospital which is insane and, and you know and we talked to him about it and, and it's just a great story and um it, it's 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 more about you know the the heart and the mind than it is about running but it's got to do with running but it's just one of those things where you walk away and be like all right if that guy could do that like i could pretty much do a lot yeah yeah it's a tremendous story to someone who doesn't have kids I actually told this to, to my fiance, Christy, last night, mm -hmm. where I watched a movie and I, I basically said, like, there's a, a moment where in this movie I saw is like, when you know that you're sacrificing everything for your child, that is when you know that you're ready to have mm -hmm. kids. And mm -hmm. I'm like, that's a huge responsibility. Like, it goes from, you know, you have nine months basically to prep mm -hmm. that all right, I'm doing this and doing this. Now we're getting ready. And then all of a sudden kids out, I now have to do everything to protect that kid to mm -hmm. be helped. And you hear that story that, that Colt is going through and you know this cause you have two kids that, that, that switch flips pretty quickly where it's, I, it's not about me. It's not about, I don't run for anything for me. It's mm -hmm. I'm doing this for my son and bring awareness to, to help cure him and, and other families who are going through it. It's, yeah, I was like you. I caught caught myself getting choked up a couple of times and was like, Ugh, hold it yeah. together, man. Together yeah, and, and he explains, too, that, like, he really didn't have much time to think. Like, it went from, like, something's up to get to the hospital immediately. Like, you really don't have time to think about it. So that makes it even more, like, jarring of a, of a moment. So, but exactly. uh, and, and to have it go through, like, we talk about, you know, a lot of the troubles and struggles we're going through. And I know you, you mentioned it to him when we talked to him about, you know, putting things in perspective and, and to have one thing, it's like you get nailed from the right, you know, in March with, with COVID. And then he said in May, they found out. So, you know, 60 days later, they find out their four-year-old has, you know, leukemia mm. and uh, it's another, another jab from the left side and, and to have to deal with that. So um, amazing story. Yeah. I can't, can't wait to see it, it turn out positively and how people are getting involved to, uh, to help them through it. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's jump right into our, uh, conversation, um, with, uh, Cole Codner. Why do I do 
What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of We Run This. It's Chris. Nick is here, as always. And today with us is Mr. Colt Codner. And Colt, we were actually just messing around. We were saying how you have a better setup than Nick and I. We're the ones with the podcast, and, and you, you don't really have a podcast. However, you are somewhat of a celebrity these days because I've seen <laughs> you popping up on every website. Uh, so why don't we uh, talk about that first? I can explain it. You can explain it. Uh, how do you want to do it? Sure, sure. I, I'd be glad to kind of kick us off. Um, so my son is uh, four years old. He's going through uh, treatment for uh, acute lymphoblastic leukemia right now. And uh, it was a really tough thing. He was diagnosed back in May. And uh, coming up uh, midsummer, we saw that the Akron uh, Marathon raises funds for Akron Children's Hospital, which is the hospital that, where my son's going through treatment. And we thought it'd be an awesome opportunity to give back and signed up for the Akron Marathon. Uh, ran 35 laps around uh, Akron Children's Hospital um, and raised a little over, we're up to $18,000 now uh, to help support Akron Children's and to show some appreciation for that incredible institution and the care they provided him. Well, let's go back. Before we get into the whole running thing, we'll, we'll talk yeah. about that in a minute. Um, I'm, I'm a father of two. Um, my kids are 10 and 7. Uh, your son is four. Yeah. What, what were some of the signs? Like, how, what happened? How did that all you know, unfold? Yeah, it was some really, you know, strange things. Uh, I was back at the beginning of quarantine, you know, we couldn't go anywhere. So we'd put a, a swing set in the backyard. And uh, we noticed some swelling around his cheeks and his face, and thought like, hey, you know, we've been hanging out outside all the time, we've been grilling, you know, we've been doing all these things trying to make the best of the time at home. You know, it's probably just allergies or something like that. And uh, wound up, we went into our family pediatrician. And uh, she said, Yeah, I don't think it's allergies, we'll run some labs, probably nothing to worry about, though. Um, so they sent us out uh, to the Akron Children's location here by us uh, to run some labs. And they said, you know, we'll probably give you a call in a couple of days. And we got home. And about 30 minutes after we got home, they gave us a call and said, hey, we think Andrew has uh, some suspicious cells in his blood. And he has a uh, bed waiting for him in the hematology and oncology unit and to get to the uh, main campus uh, immediately. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, can you talk about what that felt like hearing that news and then i mean there's no plan of action for that right like what what did you guys do how did you respond and and kind of settle him down because i mean he's four right yeah, so yeah. Sure he's not freaked out yeah um yeah so he was remarkably calm and, and strong through all of it um you know we got to the hospital and we get there and uh you know we're sitting in the room and it's the first time he's ever been in a hospital room like that and he goes, all right, guys, so what are we going to do tonight? Just like it's, you know, we're, we're going on vacation. It's something fun. Mm -hmm. um, for us, you know, obviously it was the exact opposite reaction. It was, you know, probably the most terrifying moment of my life. I remember driving to uh, the hospital. We're about an hour away thinking, you know, when am I ever going to get to bring him home? Who knows what that's going to look like? Who knows what treatment looks like? Um, so it was just heart-wrenching and terrifying and, you know, the longest, uh, longest uh, couple of days of my life there. Walk us through, I mean, it must have been a huge ordeal because that's right when COVID was starting to happen. So there's the whole juggling of, okay, we have to go to all these facilities that also are medical. So there's the double, you know, pain in the butt of it all. Like walk yeah. us through that. Yeah. So it was a really tough thing. Um, you know, so we got to the hospital and at that point, I was right at the beginning of the COVID um, stuff. They had a situation where only one parent was allowed in the hospital at a time um, because of his unique situation of being diagnosed at that moment, they said, hey, you guys can both come in. You know, we're going to be lax on this uh, for the first couple of days. Uh, but a couple of days in, um, the first night we were together in the hospital room with them, 
And then from that point forward, we had to trade off. Um, one of us had to be in there with them and one of us wasn't even allowed uh, to be on the floor with them. Uh, so it was terrifying and it was hard. Um, I remember, so after that first night and he was officially diagnosed, uh, they have a, a family suite at the hospital for you know, folks that are traveling from long distances. And I remember my wife being up in the room with him and I went down there and had, you know, <laughs> without a doubt, the, the worst night of my life, just sitting there worrying about, you know, what this next, uh, you know, journey uh, was going to be like. Man, I, I'm like speechless right now. I mean, I guess the, the, the question I've got now is, is how is he doing? And, and how are you guys doing through through all this? I know you said it was in May, so it's only been, what, six months? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, so Andrew's doing awesome. He is the, the toughest kid I have ever seen. He is responding really well to treatment. Um, doctors are, are very optimistic about his prognosis. Um, he has B-cell acute lymphoblastic leukemia, which uh, unfortunately is one of the most uh, common pediatric cancers. Uh, but one of the good things that comes with that is that it is uh, incredibly well researched and they have great protocols in place. They have great solutions in place um, and, and you know, they've got some great options for treatment. And so they've done a phenomenal job of making you know, this scary, difficult, awful thing as you know, comfortable as it can be for us. Um, and, and thankfully he has responded awesome uh, to treatment. Now, when something like this happens, um, do you, are you the type of person who, okay, I have to find out everything I can about this disease, or do you just take what the doctors tell you? Like, how do you approach it as a parent? Yeah, so I, I mentioned that, you know, first night sitting in the, uh, you know, the, the family center, you know, waiting and you know, thinking through all of those things going on. And I remember tackling and thinking through that exact thing of, you know, hey, do I want to you know, do a deep dive into this and find out everything? Um, and at that point, I said, you know, no. Nope, <laughs> nothing good's gonna come out of that. I can't change anything. Um, and we were about a week into it where we finally kind of hit that point that for better or worse, pretty much everything's out of our control. Um, all we can do is trust him or support him, trust his doctors, trust the medical team, put our faith in God and, and, and hope and pray for the best. Um, so we've you know, done some research in terms of you know, wanting to see the best things that we can do to support him, but it's really been you know, leaning on the medical team and asking them you know, what are the things we need to know um, and not going out into the internet and uh, searching to see what, what other things we can find. Yeah, avoid that black hole. I think what's awesome about this story, you know, outside of the, the obviously negative of it with Andrew, is you've taken this, and what I, I love about things like this is you've taken this negative and turned it into a positive. And you mm -hmm. talked about how you've now, you know, run and raised, I think you said $18,000. Yep. Yeah. Um, and as someone, you know, to give you a quick backstory, I've actually organized a run for pediatric uh, cancer awesome, 10 years ago. Um, we did something called the One Month March, where we had participants uh, run throughout the month of September, which is dedicated towards childhood cancer. And we basically had them log their miles. And they, mm -hmm. they donated a dollar, they donated a quarter per mile. So at the end of the month, we racked up, you know, X amount of money, and we actually donated $25,000 to the Rally Foundation for Childhood Cancer. And that's so awesome. this is something for me that when I heard your story and Chris said that we were talking to you was kind of, I was like kind of shaking because I've been there. It's something that I believe in and in support. And so I just kind of want to hear like your side of, 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 you know, were you a runner before all this and you thought I'm going to do this? Was it something you picked up on in the last six months and thought this is it? What was your purpose behind, you know, running and, 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 organizing money to donate? 
Yeah, yeah. So I started uh, running, um, you know, getting back into you know, distance running uh, about a, a little over a year ago. Uh, so September, you know, 2019, um, and, and started kind of running around the block and, you know, with the goal of getting up to do a 5K. And I'd make it, you know, two minutes I'd run and then, you know, walk for a minute, run for two minutes and kind of do that on and off and, and gradually built up. Uh, I did the uh, Pittsburgh half marathon virtually back in, in April. We'd signed up to do it in person and then, you know, that, that disappeared like, like every other race. Um, and, and then I started going through the process and we saw Akron Marathon was devastated with runners dropping out. And typically the, the marathon raises $75,000 for Akron Children's Hospital. Um, and when we had signed up back in June, you know, they had only raised a few thousand dollars. Um, so it was one of those things we felt like it was an awesome opportunity to get engaged um, and give back something there. And running has been just this amazing stress relief for me. Uh, so I'll get up usually 4.30 in the morning, make a pot of coffee, have a couple cups of coffee, and then try to be out the door by 5.30 and uh, you know, stack in some miles to try to get some clear space in my head and uh, burn off some of that stress and, and think about the positive things that are going on and, and be thoughtful of that. I was just going to ask, you know, like when we talk to other people, some people use running to work through their problems. Some people use running to just get away from their problems. Did you find yourself thinking about your son more during the run or were you kind of like blocking it out? What were you uh, so, thinking about? So I would say in general, when I go out to run in the mornings, it, it's a mix. You know, there's some mornings that I'm you know, really thoughtful and engaged uh, of what's going on. Some mornings I'm really, you know, prayerful and considering things and have on you know, Christian music. Other times I've got on you know, David Goggins yelling at me, telling me I need to run faster and uh, get out the door and, and bust my butt. Um, so, so it's a good mix. And I, I think like a lot of runners, it depends on the day. You know, there's some of the days you want to have just that quiet and you, you, know, you leave the earbuds at home and you're going out to enjoy the peace and quiet of the morning. And other times it's going out and, you know, kind of punishing yourself a little bit and, and forcing yourself to, to push harder than you think you can. Did you ever use what was going on with your son as like a motivation to run harder? You know, you have this four-year-old kid going through this hard thing and you can't do four miles in a morning. Like, did you ever self-talk oh, yeah. self yourself like that? Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. You know, one of the things, um, you know, when, when we'll talk with stuff with him, he's got to do a lot of stuff that sucks. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you're, you're at the hospital all the time. He's got to take medicine all the time. Um, you know, we have got to go do hospital stays, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, it, it, it's scary. It's stuff nobody wants to do, let alone a four-year-old. Um, and so we'll talk to him, you know, Hey man, we got to do whatever it takes to get better. And I will find myself when I'm running, I feel tired and I want to quit. Think, dude, do whatever it takes. All you're doing is running around. You're taking steps. Your, your son's going through hell. And let, let, the last thing you can do is quit on your run because you're not going to let him quit going what he th has, to go, has to go through. Yeah, so, that's a huge motivator. So talk us through that day. You know, we read your story and I think you were quoted as saying, like, you showed up to run around the hospital to do a marathon, which is insane to think about. You know, most people can't even envision completing a marathon, let alone do it just around a building. But you had said that you showed up and there was like a ton of media there. So are you doing it and all of a sudden you get a little nervous and you're like, oh man, this is bigger than I thought it was gonna be. Like this is just gonna be something I kept, you know, kind of private and, and here we are. So kind of talk us through that. Yeah, so that, that was a, a crazy experience for your first marathon um, to have, you know, we had two different news channels there doing li their live Saturday morning broadcast from the hospital. And every time I'd loop around, they were cutting back uh, to what was going around. Um, you know, so as we were trying to raise money, we were trying to build awareness of what was going on. And, and the hospital PR team did an awesome job of pushing it out through their networks. And then, you know, local news, you know, heard what was going on and wanted to help cover it as well. Uh, so we had uh, the, the Friday before the race, um, goodness, I think 
six or seven different media interviews uh, that we did with, with folks. So I had a feeling that it was going to be kind of busy Saturday morning, um, but I got up about three o'clock in the morning to drive up to Akron. I got there at about five and had about an hour of media uh, before we got going. Um, so yeah, no, no pressure for your first marathon to have, you know, Cleveland's uh, you know, news channels there watching you every, every step of the way. Yeah, I'm sure you felt like Tom Brady, you know, like give us a pregame uh, game plan, man. And you're that like, go out and run. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we were actually delayed getting started because they're like, well, can, can we do a 630 spot with you? We want to do that and we want to film something for the afternoon show. Yeah, so it was definitely a, uh, a unique experience there. Nice. Well, well the, good, the good news is you're going to come in first. But, that was it, yeah. Yeah. Just had to finish, right? So, but um, w- walk us through the logistics of, like, so the hospital okays it. You talk to them beforehand. Like, mm-hmm. there's going to be a person running around the building for however many hours it takes, and there's going to be news vans and stuff. Like, walk us through what kind of – what were the procedures for that? Yeah, yeah. So the hospital team was awesome. Um, you know, they did a, a great job of coordinating everything uh, to make sure that the media had everything they need uh, needed that morning. Um, you know, they were super supportive of anything we needed that day as well. Um, so my wife and Andrew came up as well to cheer us on and I actually had some awesome friends that showed up and they had a little rest station set up for me and they had water and, and you know, all the, the snacks and you know, things you would need typically in a marathon. Uh, so some of my buddies had set that up and the hospital was awesome at, at figuring out how we could do that in a, a COVID safe way as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they did everything they could to make it as, as easy as they could. And, and it was, it, it was great. I mean, we've been able to generate close to $5,000 of additional sponsorships, um, you know, to help raise money for the hospital because of the coverage the event uh, yielded. So yeah, it was tough. There was no anonymity there. You know, you're out running your marathon. And you know, if you are in a race of 15,000 people, it's easy to, you know, if something injury comes up or something to, you know, bow out gracefully. Mm-hmm. Um, there it was, you know, no matter what, you know, run, crawl, walk, we're getting across that finish line. Mm-hmm. Now, there was a cool part where Andrew was out supporting you did you know he was going to be out there? Was that planned or was that a complete surprise? Because I think you said it was right when you were kind of like, man, I'm struggling, right? Yeah, so like, yeah. you're still on. So was it, did you know he was going to be out there, number one? And then if so, or regardless, really, did you know that it was going to be at that point? Yeah. Uh, so in, initially, the kind of the plan was that we were going to be doing the run uh, while Andrew was going through some of his inpatient treatment. Uh, and that's how the initial plan came of running around the hospital is that, you know, I'd run by his room, every, you know, 35 times and, you know, give him a wave and break up that one of those long days. Um, and if, one, if one, anything has taught us during treatment you know, is that things change. Uh, he'd missed counts a couple of weeks. So his counts have to be at a certain level to go through with treatment. Um, so it wound up being kind of a blessing in disguise. Um, so he was home and my wife brought him up. Um, he had made signs and he had a, a drum and a trumpet and a cowbell out there and, um, every single time I came around the corner, he'd be cheering and yelling and a you know, good motivator. Run, dad, run faster, faster, go faster. Uh, so he did an awesome job of that. Um, and he got there, you know, right around, I'd say mile 15 or so. Uh, and it was awesome. Uh, he was, you know, perfect motivation there. And I remember, you know, running over to give him a hug and a kiss, um, you know, during that lap and, and taking a, a moment there to talk with him. And, and he was so excited uh, and so happy to be there. Can you, I mean, I feel like you're downplaying that, that emotion and that's cool, but please don't because I, when I ran my first marathon, it was the first race I'd ever done. No 5Ks, anything. This was sophomore year uh, college. Mm-hmm. I was at mile 15 or 16 and I came around a corner and I saw a kid who I had no idea. It was this little, little dude, probably six, seven years old. I'm dragging ass and he, there he is yeah. supporting and clapping, running with me, you know, a, a block. 
And I was like getting emotional while I was running. Like, oh man, I got to do it for this kid who I've never seen and I will never see again. So like, you know, talk about your emotions and how like even when you went over there and saw him, how you got that energy to pick back up. Did he, did he give you that spark? Was it like a couple miles? Just like, whew, wow, yeah. this is going to be tough. Like talk yeah. about that a little bit. Yeah, it was awesome. I, so, so definitely that. And, you know, it was kind of flashing back to that day when we were driving to the hospital when he was first diagnosed and, you know, wondering when we'd get to bring him home and, and to see how great he's done through treatment and how positive he's been and, you know, just what a badass he's been going through treatment and super positive with stuff. Um, and it was one of those things, again, thinking back to that motivation that, you know, what he goes through is way more difficult than anything I'm going to do that morning. And, uh, you know, there, there was no excuses. I just needed to keep pushing forward. So th that was a huge motivator. Um, and then it was great. My wife ran a few laps with me as well and, and actually ran the end of the race with me. And we ran past, you know, his room that he was first diagnosed in when we were sitting there. And, and it was such a, just an emotional thing, looking at that room, thinking the emotions that day um, and connecting it back to where we are now. And, you know, we've got a long road ahead. He's got another 26 months left in treatment. So he's got a lot of stuff he's still got to go through. Um, but we have confidence that he's going to go through it and he's going to finish great. And just like a race has a finish line, there's going to be a finish line to his treatment. And, you know, there's going to be a much bigger celebration than, than what we did for me uh, running around the building. Did you, uh, did you do any type of like mapping out around the hospital? Like how many times it would take, or did you just put on a run app and just figure? No. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we, we spend a lot of time at the hospital, um, you know, as he's been going through treatment. So we would pop out and, you know, do runs. I'd go out and run for a few hours. My wife would go out and run for a few hours and kind of break that up. Uh, so it was a, it was a route or a route that we had kind of practiced a few times. It was about three quarters of a mile. Um, so I, I wound up, I just put on, you know, my Apple watch and was tracking the, the distance through that. Uh, but it wound up being about 35 laps uh, around the hospital. Uh, which was way more than I had ever ran around the hospital. Um, there was about a, a 60 foot elevation gain on each lap, uh, which wasn't so bad when you're doing five or seven miles, uh, but really beat me up doing it for uh, 26 miles. That was a rough, rough elevation gain. Picked up like 2000 feet of elevation over the course of the, uh, of the run. That's crazy. And you know, when, a lot of people don't like to run in general, but you're just going around this, this loop 35 times. So yeah. was there a moment there where you're just like, man, this is, super boring like I know that it's for a good cause and you're getting inspired so you're you're good but that had to be something where you're just like like you knew that it was coming here comes that incline you're like again you know yep. we're, talk us about talk to us about that like that just seems tough oh yeah 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 it, it sucked <laughs> <laughs> um it, it was awesome I had you know some of the buddies that had come to set up that little aid station for me had uh you know they would pop out and run laps with me and they could see you know when you're when you're feeling it um, and, you know, that was awesome having them out there to, you know, kind of get your mind off things and, and, and keep pushing you forward as well. It's a lot tougher to quit when somebody's uh, running with you than when you're out there by yourself. Um, so, so I was fortunate. I never really hit that point where like, man, I need to quit. Um, around mile 18, I had come down off a curb and my right quad just completely locked up to the point that I couldn't bend my leg. Uh, so that wasn't fun. Uh, and I remember one of the buddies I was with, he's like, you know, how are you feeling? Do you need to stop? And I'm like, no, no, if I stop, like that leg's going to lock up entirely and, uh, and uh, it's not going to be good. Uh, so we fought through that. It was a, a few ugly miles there, uh, but eventually loosened up enough that I was able to keep pushing. Uh, but, you know, definitely the, the mental piece of it. And, yeah, that's all running largely is, right, is being able to push yourself through those times that suck because there's a lot more times that suck than the times that feel good when you're running. You feel good when it's, you know, when it's over and uh, when you hit those uh, kind of milestone points. But uh, a lot of times you're suffering and, and fighting through. So when you're doing uh, the race, I mean, a lot of time we go into these races, we have an idea of how we want to finish or like how long we want it to take. 
um, with adrenaline and everything, like, did you have a time in mind? How did you do against that time? Did you break yeah. it? Did you... Yeah. So I, I was kind of all across the board. When I first started down the path of uh, doing the marathon, I was, uh, you know, say, Hey, let's get sub six hours. You know, I, I you know, that was just wanted to finish and, and, and knock it out. Um, and as I started going through the training, I realized, dude, I can, I can get that. And um, so I wound up at the, the half marathon point. I was just a little over two hours cruising along. Uh, the 18 mile uh, locked up quad slowed me down a little bit. So I wound up finishing just over five hours, um, which was disappointing in the sense of, you know, hey, I know I had a better time in me. Uh, but again, it was a weird morning. Like I had the morning show stopping to interview me as I was running. <laughs> um, so, you know, th th there were some unique facets to it. Um, and, you know, I listened to your guys' podcast about doing virtual races. And it's definitely not a normal race environment, right? You know, if you're, you're hurt in a normal race, you know, you, it may be easier to push through because if you push through and your leg blows out on the race, you know, hey, you're one of 15,000 runners and no one's going to notice you're not finish it, finishing. And I remember at that point, it was like, dude, no matter what, we got to finish this because there are you know, live news crews that have a, a plan to run something at the noon uh, news. And it's going to be really depressing if it's me sitting there after doing 20 miles on the ground failing to, to knock out the marathon. <laughs> I love it. Can you talk about the celebration that you said, you know, once you finish a race, that's when the party really starts. Yeah. Um, you know, how did you, your wife and, and Andrew celebrate after, you know, completing this? Yeah, it, it was such a cool thing. So the Akron Marathon folks had done an awesome job. They had a, a finish line set up there. Uh, the hospital had coordinated so that Andrew would be able to run the last quarter mile with me. So we did a lap right in front of the hospital, finished in front, broke through the finish line. Um, I knelt down to the ground, he put his, the medal over me. Um, and that was that real emotional point, you know, where kind of the weight of everything hit really hard. Um, and it, man, I was fighting, it got, it got really dusty in there, tears started welling up. And uh, it was just you know, such a cool accomplishment uh, of something that a year ago, I mean, if you told me I'd be running a marathon, I, I'd have thought you're crazy. Um, so to be able to do that and, and make that type of personal growth over the year and then to have him there with me to celebrate and our family there to celebrate, uh, it was just, you know, something left you speechless. So as a father, I know that like, uh, we, all, we always have these moments, like you had this moment in your head where you finish and like, just, I got, I got a little teared up thinking about it and kids are always good at like, not, I don't want to say ruining that moment, but they're not in that moment. So I'm sure your son probably said something completely unrelated to the race. Like what, what was happening in that moment for him? Like, what yeah, did he yeah. So, so he really surprised me. Um, you know, I was expecting exactly what you're talking about that. He's going to be like, okay, cool. I'm ready to go home now. Why have we yeah. been sitting outside for two hours? Right. Yeah. Um, he was so into it. He busted through the finish line with me. And I remember after we got all done with everything and we're sitting there and he just looked at me and said, dad, I'm proud of you. And like for a four-year-old to like look at you and say he's proud of you, like that's that's something cool, right? Like he, he normally says like, you know, I'm proud of you if you figure out how to turn on his Netflix show, right? Um, so for him to, to look at me and, and recognize that what I did was, you know, something, you know, tough and meaningful for me and, and say he was proud, yeah, it just blew me away. Um, and, you know, hopefully that, you know, showed him something about, you know, kind of pushing yourself and, and doing something you didn't think you could do. Talk to us about the uh, the response afterwards, not not just when you finished the race, but like the couple of days after. Like I literally saw you. So we covered you on our website. I think I saw you on Runner's World. Like maybe today, you've been all over. Like what's what's that experience? Yeah, so th that's been a, a crazy thing. CNN ran a story. Um, we had Runner's World did stuff. People did a, a story. 
Um, so stuff that you, you never anticipate. I remember I sat down, you know, here in my office and did a you know, two minute uh, Facebook video to you know, try to solicit the initial donations. And it, it reached like 5,000 people. And I was like, oh, cool. That's, you know, 5,000. That, that's a good number. And then you're seeing like the, the people story, you know, getting, you know, thousands of likes on their Instagram page and everything else. Um, so it, it was a really cool thing. You know, it was neat. We had, you know, donations coming in from around the world uh, through um, uh, the donation system that the, the marathon uses and, you know, folks can write messages to you. Uh, and it was awesome to hear stories of folks that have gone through similar situations. And, you know, there, you know, I, had, I remember one guy in particular reached out, he was from up in Canada and talked about his own son who went through B-cell treatment when he was a little guy and he's 26 now and he's awesome. And, you know, sent me a picture of his son with his family. Um, it just a completely random thing, you know, somebody I'll, you know, never meet and, you know, barely know other than that random exchange. Uh, but just those kinds of positive things uh, were such a, a powerful thing and such a cool thing that, you know, there's so much, you know, hate and negativity going on right now. Uh, and this was, you know, right before the election and everything was super divided. Uh, so to have all of those folks reaching out with positive messages like that and sharing stories and, you know, supporting was just something incredible. You know, you, what you just touched on, I think is, is super unique because we talk a lot about community with runners. There's a sense of community, no matter what. Someone's down, you know, you go and help them. You see people carrying other people across the finish line. But you have a different community now because you're hearing these stories. And, and how has that kind of helped, you know, calm you guys down? It, to Chris's question before, like, you, you avoided the internet. You avoided Googling and getting all yeah. this information. And I think you're kind of seeing these success stories from people whose kids went through before, or that you're kind of building a relationship with all through something you did. So talk about just how cool that is. Like that, that's something unique that I hope has helped ease your mind a little bit. Yeah. It's always so awesome to hear, you know, those success stories. Um, you know, one of the things that's always really tough or was tough for us when Andrew was first diagnosed, um, you know, there's all of these amazing supports that a lot of hospitals are able to offer uh, of folks that have made gifts to their, their foundation. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of times those donations and those gifts and those supports are in memory of someone who didn't survive their fight. Um, and I remember at one point looking at, at, at Tristan, my wife, and going, God, this sucks. Every single time they tell us about a program they have, it's about somebody who didn't survive. And, you know, we know there are so many amazing success stories. Um, and it was so awesome to have the, those stories from all around the world, you know, kind of pouring in. Um, and that, that definitely the, the parents that are, are caregivers uh, of folks going through pediatric cancer and the, and the kids and what they're going through, it's an amazing community. Um, you know, we've spent a lot of time up in the, the oncology unit at, at the hospital and you see families um, that are going through the same things you are. And, and they're, you know, some of the only people in the world that can understand what that is like. And, you know, having to make your kid do stuff that they don't want to do over and over and over again. Uh, but knowing that if you don't, you know, th there's no other choice. Uh, you, they, they've got to get better and that's the only path. And so, you know, it's a, it's a group nobody would want to be a part of um, in terms of, of knowing what that's like, uh, but it has been phenomenal. And we've made friends with uh, you know, families at the hospital that are going through that and, you know, be able, being able to talk about simple things like, hey, how did you, you know, get your son excited to take, you know, his fifth medicine of the day? Um, and what that's like uh, to, you know, fun things of, you know, hey, how did you celebrate uh, when you got done with your inpatient treatment? And what are fun things you can do there? Um, so it's, it's definitely a, another community, just like that, that running community of folks that'll do anything they can to try to, to make you feel better and support you during that hard time. Uh, has your family, specifically Andrew, possibly you, become sort of like a celebrity around the hospital? 
like if people <laughs> like oh there's the there's the marathon dad yeah, so it was fun when we uh, went in for this last round of treatment. It was the first time uh, since we, we did the marathon and uh, we were down, uh, he had to go down for anesthesia for a procedure and we we're talking to the, uh, the anesthesiologist and the nurse and they're like, hey, we, we saw you on the news. <laughs> and it was the, it was the day after the, the people story ran and the runner's world uh, thing ran. Uh-huh. Uh, so they're probably all really sick of me because the hospital, you know, shares every single story after it runs. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so it was definitely something we noticed there. And then when we were up inpatient as they, they were rounding through, we had, you know, doctors that we've never met before popping in. Go, Hey, awesome job. We're so proud of the stuff you guys did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's definitely been, uh, you know, a, a funny kind of weird thing on top of, uh, you know, everything we're going through. Mm-hmm. Love it. What What's next for, for you in terms of running number one are you gonna gonna stick with it are you you know gonna gonna try and tackle another race and do what's next for for andrew and your family i mean what's what's the update on him in terms of holidays are coming up like is he gonna get to you know be healthy enough hopefully uh touch wood to spend time with you guys be at home uh for all that yeah yeah so on the on the running piece you know definitely i'm gonna keep running uh you know that's been kind of my mental sanity through all of this is getting out to to have that time so i got up you know, this morning, got six miles in this morning before the sun came up. Um, so that was a, a nice thing. So, you know, that, that's definitely not going anywhere. Um, it's definitely weird not having a race to kind of, you know, have that training plan built out for. Um, I want to do yeah, def- definitely a real marathon at some point, you know, where you have the, the race and the supports in place and be able to do that. Because uh, I think it'll just give me a, a much better ability to kind of push myself than, um, you know, with this kind of unique weird thing was. Um, yeah, Andrew's doing great. Uh, we just finished up our, our uh, most recent inpatient uh, experience um, on Monday. Uh, so we've been home a few days. He's, he's feeling pretty good. He's got one more inpatient stay to go in this phase of treatment. Um, and then hopefully we'll rotate out to mostly outpatient stuff. Um, so that's definitely a lot easier when you're not, you know, stuck in the hospital for seven, eight, nine days at a time. Uh, you know, you're back pretty much every week, uh, but it's, it's, a, it's a much better situation than being you know, kind of pulled up there in the, in the hospital. Do you think you've influenced him on the running front? Like, do you think that's something he'd want to try? Yeah, yeah it's, it's been really fun. Yeah, he's been super excited when we go out uh, at night when he's feeling good, um, you know, to go out and run. And, you know, we got him some cool new Nikes. So he's you know, super excited about his fast shoes <laughs> and loves to tell me how much faster he is than me. Um, so he, he's uh, having a good time with it. Um, so I think it's definitely something he'll stick with. And I don't know if you saw any of the photos from the race. He had a way better stride than me breaking through the finish line there. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, I think he'll stick with you it. You had twenty something miles on him, <laughs> so fair enough. I think it's kind of fair, you know. Plus, you know, he's four; he's got a ton of energy. Like That's he, it, boundless energy, right? The, the kids are bouncing yeah. off the walls. Yeah, you you can't run a marathon around a hospital and then compare your stride to a <laughs> to a four year old. That's kind of not fair. Kinda I'll not take fair. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's doing awesome with it. Uh, you know, my wife was you know definitely the runner in the family. Mm-hmm. You know, she ran cross country and everything in high school, and, and loves running. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I played basketball and, and, and baseball and those things. So like you ran like when you blew a layup, right? Like that, you're going to go run sweet 16s. So like, yeah. I never had that really like positive uh, experience with running. Like, oh, this is a great thing that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's definitely changed a little bit as I've started to get into it. Uh, but so hopefully you picked up some of the, the more natural running uh, love and, and uh, characteristics from my wife than me. Love it. What, so where can we find you? Where can people um you know help donate or follow your story and and again build or join that community i guess um that you've you've talked about yeah awesome yeah so we've got all the giving information if you uh follow me on twitter at colt codner so k-o-l-t-c-o-d-n-e-r um we've got all the giving information up there 
uh, and that'll link right through to the race roster page. Um, so giving page will be up, I think, through the end of November. Um, so if folks want to give, you know, that would be an awesome thing we would greatly appreciate. And uh, I can assure you Akron Children's would put to good use. Um, also, I've got a, you know, so a YouTube with some random uh, running stuff on it. Um, so Colt Godner um, on there, if folks want to you know, find me on there and, and, and share some uh, fun running videos. So, Real quick, before we let yeah. you go, what's, what's the one thing you, uh, you kind of learned about yourself through all this that you kind of hope other people will, will not so much pick up on, but like, what did you learn about you that you want to show other people? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think one of the biggest things was, you know, learning that I could do something I never thought I could do. Um, you know, I think back to the last uh, September, you know, a little over a year ago when I started running, you know, my goal was to make it around the block um, in a consistent run. And you know, it's like a little over a mile, uh, you know, in my little neighborhood loop here. And it took me a month to get to that. And then I you know, did the 5k and I was like, cool, that's awesome. And then my wife pushed me. She said, Hey, I think you could do a half marathon. I thought, dude, you're crazy. There ain't no way how I'm going to run you know, 13 miles. Um, and even initially when I signed up for this, you know, I had signed up for the half marathon. Um, and I was planning just to run, you know, the, the 13 miles. And, you know, I thought, Hey man, I need to try to push myself to do something I don't think I can do. I know I could do 13. Um, I don't know if I could do 26. Um, Andrew does an awesome job pushing him to himself to do things that none of us, you know, think a four-year-old could do every time he goes through treatment. Um, and, and so I think that was the biggest thing is that whatever you think you can do, you can do more. <laughs> and as soon as you hit that wall where you feel like you can't do anymore, there's probably something else behind that wall. If you, you know, if you push through it too. That's, that's great advice, not just for people running, but people who might be going through the same experience you are with yeah. their kids or themselves or, you know, with everything we have coming up, you know, in the world that yeah, definitely. Uh, it's definitely some good advice. But Cole, thanks a lot for coming on. We really appreciate it. And we wish you the best. And obviously, we wish Andrew and your family the best, too. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Re really appreciate it. Um, big fan of the podcast. You guys have some awesome stuff. I I I've been listening to it during uh, some of those inpatient stays. Oh, so, thanks. Oh, yeah. you're, the, you're the one. That's it. That's it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff, though. I appreciate it. And that brings another episode of We Run This to a Close. Nick and I want to thank everybody for listening. If you love the podcast, please share it with friends or leave a review on iTunes. And remember to follow Nick and I on social media. He's at It's Nick Domingo, and I'm at Chris Luminati on Twitter. Or follow us both on Instagram at We Run This underscore pod. Until next time. See everybody out there.